This week on The Swear Wolves, we discuss two horror comedies directed by the legendary Mel Brooks, Young Frankenstein and Dracula, Dead and Loving It. the swear was horror podcast the podcast that discusses all things horror i'm brett i'm david david i'm still talking to you <laughs> remotely my car is still being worked on <laughs> one last time <laughs> oh christ <laughs> i just want to see you you know what the fucked up thing is what i just got done paying off this car <laughs> of course this week that's bullshit this week and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, it needs all this work done. Of course. What are you going to do, though, right? Yeah. Cars. You either take that money that you're going to put into this. I mean, it's not a bad car. And listen, the, the work that they got to do is going to make it better. Yeah. And it still beats having a car payment. Yes. Um, and I have I have the ability to pay pay it. There you go. So, so like, I have a job. I have money. I have. <laughs> yeah, I do. But anyway, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, good. Yeah. God, I haven't seen you in forever, like in real life. I know. And, you know, I have something for you. Oh, my God. That one of our listeners, Christy, sent to you. Oh, yeah, for, for Christmas. Christmas. That's right. And I was going to give this to you, give it to you today. So I'll give it to you in two weeks when nice. we record again. Yeah, because uh, we even went longer than normal between recording. So it's been, what, a month since we've it's been a month. seen I each think. other in person? Yeah. So now yeah. And then we're going to record we, again we skip- in two weeks. So we'll, we'll see each other in a couple weeks. Yeah, and then when convention season starts, we'll start seeing each other like every weekend. Yeah, but that's true. But until then, I, I miss you. I need my Brett fix. I want to show you all my posters. Oh, yeah. I want you right. to poop in my new bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about doing that, but I'll definitely pee in there probably. There you go. But if you need to poop, uh, Mikasa Sukasa. <laughs> Gracias. Uh, speaking of conventions, we're going to be at the CreepyCon convention in Ontario, California on February 5th, which is a Saturday. It runs February 5th and 6th, but we're only going on Saturday. So if you're in the Southern California area uh, and you want to say hi to us, either shoot us a message, whatever social media platform you want to, or uh, just track us down. I'm sure one of us will be wearing something swearwolvesy. Yeah, probably. Maybe a ball cap. I'll probably be wearing my swearwolves hat. Yeah, I'll probably have my hat on too. And my um, mask, so you'll just see my eyes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We're going to have to wear masks. The other thing... Oh, I know what I was going to talk to you about. I talked to you about this the other day, briefly through text message. One of the most fucked up TV shows ever in the history of TV shows I saw. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was fucking weird, man. 
the the TV show is called Tiny Food Fight, and it's on Food Network. And I watch Food Network quite a bit. Like I like watching cooking shows. Mm-hmm. I don't mind cooking competitions. It seems like everything's a fucking competition where they're like someone gets eliminated minutes. every week. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you here's a pile of dog poop, some grass clippings, make a gourmet make meal me out of a it. Tasty casserole. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah. And it's like fuck. But mm, yeah. anyway, this show is called Tiny Food Fight. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this about? I turn it on. David, <laughs> I thought it was a joke at first. I thought it was a Saturday Night Live. Like sketch. a sketch? Yes. I even texted you back like when you told me to watch it. I was like, why does this show exist? What what is this? What am I what am I watching? So my son is watching it with me and he's like, Yeah, Dad, that's like a thing on YouTube. I go, It is? What? He goes, Yeah. People make tiny food. They have like tiny kitchens and they make they make tiny kitchens and they make tiny food. And I'm like, why? why? And he goes, he goes, I don't know. For the fucking views, I guess. <clears throat> but it's real food. But, edible. Yeah, but not enough to actually be a meal or fill you or I mean, it could like if you have an eight inch action figure, it's probably the portion size for that. Yeah. Like think about that portion, like an eight inch like a Barbie doll. Yeah, Barbie doll meal. A Barbie doll meal, yeah. But uh, make a whole or maybe show even about smaller. It. So then not only do they they have these fucking judges judging this stupid show, right? And they're cooking these tiny meals in these tiny kitchens. Then the fucking judge has the audacity to eat it. He's like, he takes a bite of of this tiny little food and he tells him whether it tastes good or not. I'm like, homie, there is no way you know what that fucking tastes like. (laughs) There's no way. Yeah, there's not enough. No, you'd have to like, you have to like take a bite. You can't just go. Yeah, take a little morsel, put it in your mouth. Like, come on now. It's so ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's not even, it's, it's almost not funny. It is funny, but it's almost not funny. And I hated myself because I watched two episodes of that fucking show back to back. <laughs> I watched about uh, two minutes of it and I was like, what the fuck? And my wife walked in while I was watching it. She's like, what on earth is this? So now like it's been kind of a joke around the you house. Blame it's it on like, me. I'll use like my, my, my dog voice uh, to like suggest like putting that on. Like when we don't know what to watch. And she's like, no, we're, we're not watching that. <laughs> Start recording it. Just set the, <laughs> set the, set DVR, the DVR just yeah. to mess with her. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. Another thing that happened over this past week was, uh, well, maybe it was a little bit longer ago than that. Um, we actually, Betty white passed away uh, in our, in our time, in our timeline right that now. Was a, right? That was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. She was going to be a hundred here in a few, in a few weeks. Well, by the time this year, she yeah. will have been a hundred if she was alive. Cause yeah. I think her birthday was like what the 17th. Something like that. Somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was uh, right before the, the new year that she passed away. And, and David and I were talking about it. And listen, Betty White had a nice long life. Uh, she was, like I said, almost 100 years old. And that was, uh, she did a lot of things. And, and a lot of people actually told her that they liked her while she was alive. You know, that always happens to people. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. She was a national treasure. Yeah. But she was also one of those people like, uh, and it's weird how you get like this with some old people where like they're so old you just assume they're going to live forever. It's like, yeah. I remember thinking about that of George Burns. Yeah. Yeah. When he died the same, I was like, oh wow. Or like Bob. Hope. Like, George Burns was always old. Yeah. Like if you go back and watch that movie, Oh God, which actually is a really good movie. I like that movie, but Oh God, uh, he's, he looks he's, like he's a hundred years old then. Yeah. And that was what late seventies, early, uh, early eighties. 80, yeah. I think it's it was. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, John always Denver. old. 
And so David and I were talking and we we're talking about different movies that we wanted to review. And uh, one of the ideas that we had was to do um, Young Frankenstein and Dracula Dead and Loving It. And uh, these are comedy horror movies, right? Directed yep. by Mel Brooks. And David made, you made the good point. You said Mel Brooks is the new Betty White. We must protect him at all costs. Because Mel Brooks uh, is... 95? Oh, I'm going to say he's 95. He is 95. His birthday is June 28th. 1926? So okay. Yeah. So he'll be, he'll be uh, tw- uh, 96 this year. But yeah, we're like, we got to record a Mel Brooks episode. So as of this recording, <laughs> Mel Brooks is still alive. Yeah, and I hope by the time this comes out, he's still alive and well. So we thought we would record uh, uh, an episode talking about these. Now, Young Frankenstein is a movie that I've seen before. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is one of my favorite. I've seen this movie so many times. I'll just let that be done. And I had never seen Dracula Dead and Loving It. Me neither. Um, and I thought I had, but as I was watching, I was like, I've never seen this. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Because uh, we have a mutual friend who's uh, ex-stepdad used to run a video store uh-huh. and he used to bring home like screeners. So, you know, you'd have a little ticker at the bottom or whatever. I remember yeah. this was one of them. And I think I came over one day while he was watching it. And I, there was a couple scenes I remembered, but I had never seen this all the way through. Yeah. So it'll be a first time viewing for both of us on that one. And then uh, we'll we'll discuss, obviously, our thoughts on it. But let's first go through Young Frankenstein. If, if no one's seen this movie, uh, we can kind of give you synopsis of what happens, our thoughts on it, and uh, our recommendation. Well, we're both going to recommend that you watch it because that's what we do. However, I will say this. Young Frankenstein is not streaming anywhere. Yeah, that was It is that the was only Mel Brooks movie that is not streaming. <laughs> Which is bizarre because it's like it's arguably, I mean, in this in Blazing Saddles. Spaceballs are probably like his biggest three. Mel Brooks even considers it his finest film Mm -hmm. as a writer-director. He doesn't think it's his funniest. He thinks it's his best, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get Um, get that. I get that, too. I would disagree with him. I think it's probably just his best all-around film. I would probably go there, too. Yeah. Um, I I, I know a lot of people like Spaceballs. Yeah, and Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles is another good one. Um, Him and Gene Wilder teaming up were, were... Right. Yeah, they were great classic. together. Um, so let's talk about this Young Frankenstein, 1974. Boom, we're in the Wayback Machine now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fuck it, up the movie and the song probably. David? Well, I'm not going to fuck up even, the movie. That's even before I was born. So long ago. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was released on December 15th, 1974. So it was a Christmas timey movie. Oh, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Uh, what do you think the number one movie at the box office was? This movie made so much money. It's got to be this movie. You are correct. All right. Uh, number one song. Uh, I went with the air that I breathe by the Hollies. All I need is the air that I breathe. That came out in 74. Yes. It seems like it'd be older than that. Huh? I thought it was like 64. Yeah. No, uh, no. The number one song was Kung Fu fighting. No shit. Carl Douglas. (laughs) Now, this is not a what the fuck are you talking about, but it's close. This is probably <laughs> close as you can come to being a what the fuck are you talking about lyric song. Those cats are fast as lightning. One. I read the lyrics. I know this song. Yeah, yeah. And I read the lyrics. They just didn't quite live up to the what the fuck not, is this not quite song? There. I know what the song's about. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's about racism. <laughs> because they're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like little Sammy Chong and little tiny 
Ching. The song's like, about I don't know. The song's about racism. <laughs> it's uh, definitely not. It was, uh, not yeah, uh, not PC. Not PC and not a good song. Anyway. No, it's a shitty song. But if you think about it, 1974, this was like probably disco. right after Bruce Lee died. Yeah, and this is kind of early disco. Early disco, right after Bruce Lee died, they were like coming through the kung fu craze, right? Yeah. So they were like, we got to write a song about it. So we're going to write, everybody was kung fu fighting, right? Fuck that song. Uh, Young Frankenstein, written by Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks, of course, based on the novel by Mary Shelley, directed by Mel Brooks, with music by John Morris. All right, David, I'm going to name off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cast members from this movie. Hmm. Okay. You have to tell me. If they're dead oh, or shit. alive. Okay. For bonus points, you can tell me what year they died in. Oh, God. Uh, top billing, Gene Wilder as Dr. Frederick Frankenstein. Dead. Frankenstein. Yes, he is dead. Do you know what year? I'll, uh, 2018. I'll give you that. It's 2016, but okay. within two. Okay. All right. Peter Boyle plays the monster. Dead. 2009. 2006. Okay. Close, but not close enough. Marty Feldman as Igor. Dead. Uh, he'd been dead a while. I'll say 1990. 1982. Oh, wow. Okay. Cloris Leachman as Frau Blucher. Um, she's dead, and I think she died like last year. Someone say 2021. That is correct. Yes. Carrie Gar as Inga. She's alive. That is correct. Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth. She's dead. Uh, 98. Yeah, 99. Ah. And Gene Hackman as Harold, the blind man. As of this recording, Gene Hackman's alive. Gene Hackman is alive, yes. <laughs> I, I should preface this. As of this recording. Yeah. Budget was $2.78 million. Uh, Bo- box office? I'm going to go 80 86.2 million. Okay, so I did the math and I put it in with inflation. Right. Okay. The budget would be in today's dollars fifteen point seven million dollars. Okay. Okay. The box office would be four hundred and eighty-six million dollars. Wow, that's a blockbuster. That's how successful this film was. Um before we get started on the plot, I did want to mention something. Well, we, the mo- let's say the movie starts, okay. The music in this movie is awesome. It really is. Yeah. And I, it makes me feel like I'm watching... This is a movie that was made in 1974. It makes me feel like I'm watching a 1930s Universal. It's one of my film. favorite things about this movie, not to get too far ahead, but like the way it's shot, the music, like it was done... You can tell a ton of love went into this movie and a, a lot of reverence for classic Hollywood. Uh, it just looks like, yeah, to your point, like you're, like you're watching a classic black and white horror film. Yep. Yep. And it is a classic black and white yeah. horror film. <laughs> <laughs> True. But I get what you're but saying. But at the time yeah, it was made. The 1930s. Yeah. We have the casket of Baron von Frankenstein and a hand reaches in to grab a box from the hands of the dead body. And it kind of has a little struggle there. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be some gags here that, gags that we may or may not cover. Um, there's there's so film. many. Yeah. But uh, grabs, he ultimately gets the box. <laughs> And then uh, we cut to a classroom, Gene Wilder, who plays uh, Dr. Frederick Frankenstein. And let me just say something real quick about Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder is a fucking genius. He's so good. Gene Wilder, his, this is it, his, his comedic best timing. role. Oh, yeah. 
This is his best role. I know a lot of people will say Willy Wonka. He does great as Willy Wonka. Don't get me wrong. This role right here is Gene Wilder. It is my favorite too. The guy who has the box is like sitting in the back of the classroom and and Frederick is giving a lecture on brain development, brain stem, brain yeah, parts. Yeah, in front of a bunch of students. And there's one kind of wormy student who's like, <laughs> excuse me, Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> it's Frankenstein. Wasn't your grandfather, Victor Frankenstein, who tried to resurrect dead body? Blah, blah, like, blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes. We all know what he did. <laughs> Let's just move on. Uh, I do like, uh, I remember reading or maybe I heard about it somewhere that when uh, Gene Wilder had this idea uh, and he pitched it to Mel Brooks, he was like, what if Frankenstein had a grandkid that wanted nothing to do with the family? He's like, that's basically the premise. And Mel Brooks was like, that sounds fucking hilarious. Yep. But that scene's awesome because like he has the scalpel and like he gets all angry and he stabs it into his own leg and then like kind of <laughs> class dismissed. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But yeah, the guy comes no. in and tells him like, uh, it was your grandfather's will. And basically you need to go to Transylvania. Frederick is at the train station saying goodbye to his <laughs> uh, fiance, Elizabeth. Yeah. Madeline who is, Kahn. Uh, the great Madeline Kahn, who is just marvelous. Yeah. Her role is pretty small in this movie, but she's so good. They have a little goodbye scene, which is also awesome because she has all this makeup on. She doesn't want him to kiss her or touch her. And then when the train pulls away, I like how a bunch of smoke goes in her face. She's like, <laughs> She was so good. She's good in Blazing Saddles. Yeah. She's good in this movie. She's good in Clue. Mm, it was yeah. one of my favorite roles. She plays Mrs. White yeah. in Clue. Um, she was just so good. And, you know, like I said, unfortunately, she she passed away in 1999. I think she had cancer. Yeah, she did. She was young. Ovari- she had ovarian yeah. cancer, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's just a prude. Mm. The character of Elizabeth, she's a prude. Yeah. But also kind of a tease. Yeah, she's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, end up, they end up touching elbows. Yeah, they do. Which I thought was funny because like- into the times you know, now, yeah. Uh, Frederick arrives at the Transylvania train station where he meets uh, Igor and uh, another one who's awesome, Marty Feldman. Yeah, I'm just going to say that about everybody who's yeah, in this Yeah, everyone movie, in this movie is really good. Uh, he meets Igor and uh, they have this whole little banter about uh, your Dr. Frankenstein. And he's like, it's Frankenstein. He's like, well, do you pronounce it Froderick? He's like, no, no, it's, it's Frederick. Frederick. It's like, wouldn't it be Frederick Frankenstein? No, no, it's Frederick. He's like, well, you must Frankenstein. You must be Igor. He's like, no, actually, it's pronounced Igor. Because <laughs> well, they told me it was Igor. Well, I guess they were wrong then, weren't they? <laughs> it's also we get the Marty uh, Feldman's got some wacky eyes too. Like his eyes, those uh, were his real was, eyes. Yeah, yeah. There was something like that happened to him when he was a kid. I forget what yeah. it was. Yeah, he had like some sort of medical condition that causes eyes to bug out like that. Yeah, but he always said, like, if it wasn't for his eyes, he probably would yeah, have been. Yeah, probably gave him his famous. career. Yep. Mm-hmm. He takes him, uh, and this is where we get the walk this way. Like, he has a little, like a tiny walk ass little cane. Way. Yeah, and he's like, walk this way. And he's like, all right, he's walking. No, 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 no. Walk this, this way. <laughs> he got hunched over. Yep. Uh, we also meet Inga, played by Terry Gar, Frederick's new assistant. And uh, she's in the back of the carriage rolling in the hay. And she goes, would you like a roll in the hay? And he's like, roll, 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 roll in, in the, the hay. hay. <laughs> uh, uh, she's, you know, Terry Gar's beautiful uh, in this movie. And uh, of course, there's sexual tension right away. Tons, Because yeah. he's like, uh, what? Oh, like when they're, they're knocking riding, on the door, uh, the knockers. Well, first, before that happens, uh, they're riding on the coach. And uh, there's the howling. <laughs> Oh. And Terry Gar goes, 
uh, werewolf. And Frederick goes, werewolf? Igor goes, their wolf, their castle. And he's like, why are you talking like that? He goes, I thought you wanted to. I don't want to talk like that. Suit yourself. I'm easy. Yeah, and then they get to the castle and they got these giant like knockers on the door and he's like banging it. And Frederick's like, what knockers? And he's like holding Terry Gar, like helping her out of the coach as he says, and his face is like right in her boobs. It's like, oh, thank you, doctor. This is when we meet Frau Blucher. And uh, every time her name is said, horses Winnie and Nay and are scared of her. Yep. But it's and never, it's never explained why. Yeah. It's never explained why. It's, and she just gets offended by it. Yeah, it's one of my uh, favorite there's gags. An old, there's an old uh, old kind of myth uh, that Blucher means glue in German, which it does not. Uh, okay. That would have made sense. Yeah, but it doesn't. But it's still, it's still, I'm still fine with it because it's just funny. And she's showing him around the castle, and I like this gag too. She's like taking him upstairs, and she's got a candlestick that she's holding with a bunch of candles on it. She's like, "Stay close to the candles. The staircase can be treacherous, but none of the candles are actually lit." <laughs> <laughs> Frederick is basically refru- refusing to acknowledge his roots. Yeah. He doesn't want to be associated, like David said, um, like like what the basic synopsis of the movie is, right? It's a the grandson of Frankenstein who refuses to acknowledge that and doesn't want anything to do with that. So um, he uh, has a nightmare where he's refusing it and he doesn't want to be a Frankenstein. He is a Frankenstein and he wakes himself up from the nightmare and Inga comes in and she's like, uh, you had the not bomb. <laughs> this is all funny. <laughs> That's right, because he's like right there and like, destiny, destiny. <laughs> Inga, Inga and Frederick hear music playing, so they follow it to a secret bookcase. There's a, another gag, uh, but they, it leads them down to the laboratory. And this is where Frederick's grandfather did his experiments. And it looks marvelous. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Just the set. Uh, and Frederick starts reading his grandfather's notes. And I like how the book was called How I Did It. By Victor <laughs> Frankenstein. Uh, at breakfast the next morning, Frederick is still reading the notes, and he's reading that every part of the creation needs to be big in size. To which uh, Inga says uh, he's going to have a huge strudel or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, he's like, "Well, that would go without saying." Yeah, because uh, Victor Igor- basically decides, like, "I'm going to do this." After he reads the notes, he's like, "This could work." Yeah, I'm going to restart yeah. his experiments. Yeah, he's like, he's a genius. And so Igor draws a picture oh. and he's, he's like, is it something like this? And that fades into a body that's hanging. That's one of my favorite visuals in the movie is, yeah, the, the drawing is swinging back and forth and then it fades into a corpse swinging from the gallows. Oh, that was very yeah. cool. The body is uh, that of a criminal who had been hung and um, they bury him. Of course, Frederick and Igor are there to dig up the body, take it back to the castle. Uh, as they wheel the coffin through the streets, there's a good bit with a constable that comes up and uh, the arm of the dead body. Yeah, it's hanging out from like under a <laughs> cover and the coach. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Frankenstein pretends like it's his arm and the cop wants to shake his hand and everything. <laughs> Igor's controlling it from the other side. He's like, oh. he's like nudging him. <laughs> they get back to the castle. Frederick tells Igor to go get a specific brain. Yeah, there was like a scientist who was a genius that recently died. He's like, we're going to get his brain. 
And also Igor's hump is now on the other side. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, what's your hump? He's like, huh? He's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> the other thing too is that Igor always looks at the camera. Mm-hmm. And he's always like, like wink, kind wink. of winks. Uh, Igor gets the brain, but uh, he drops it. And I like that he gets it reflection. from a, a brain depository. I think it's what it says on the door <laughs> or something like that. It's got a little like night drop, little flap. <laughs> Uh, in its place, he grabs an abnormal brain, mm-hmm. which says on it, do not use. <laughs> yeah, for what? Uh, the monster lays on the table. Uh, storm is brewing. Frederick goes up uh, with the monster. They they go up to where they can get electrocuted by lightning, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, when he comes down, nothing. No, the didn't work. Nope. And Frederick freaks out. He's like, you son of a bitch bastard. After, what what after, are you doing to me? He's like, we have to handle this with quiet dignity and grace. Yeah, that's right. And then he just goes off on you him. You son of a bitch. Meanwhile, the townspeople uh, are meeting and they're talking about how there's a Frankenstein back and uh, how I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, one of the townspeople is talking about how scientists just want to rule the world and they don't have our best interests in mind. And I was like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know that mob mentality when you start convincing people stuff like that i bunch was like of, how bunch of crazy loonies yeah how how pertinent is that right now but uh one of those meet, one of those townspeople uh was yeah. mr pitt from seinfeld who was also in warlock i, 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 I spot him I was like that's him again <laughs> we meet inspector kemp and his arm oh this guy's awesome his fake arm that he's yeah, he kind of moves it almost like he's robot dancing but yeah. he has to like use his other arm to move it and slapping it around. Frederick, uh, Inspector oh, Kemp's like, I'll, yeah, I'll take care. I'll take I'll, care. Of I'll it. pay a visit uh, and I'll go talk to him about it. Frederick is depressed, uh, but the monster is alive. Yeah, and they hear they hear him uh, downstairs, and so they go downstairs, and Frederick sets him free, and he says, uh, "Sit up." And so he sits up and he stands up and he walks, but he freaks when he sees fire because um, Igor, Igor lights, Igor a, lights cigarette. a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they give him a set of, set of gif, <laughs> <It's> a, <fun laughs> little, a sedative little, little charades gag. Yeah. That's, that's probably one of the more funnier ones. Um, <laughs> Frederick asks about the brain and he's like really calm to Igor. And he's like, uh, you didn't get the right brain. Did you? And he's like, no, he's like, you won't be mad. And he goes, what was the name on the brain that you gave me? And he goes, Abby, someone he's like, Abby, who Abby normal. <laughs> And so then he's like, you put an abnormal brain in a seven foot monster. I'll kill you. And then he starts choking him. And then another charades gag. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Kemp shows up to question Frederick and they play darts. And I like how uh, Kemp keeps distracting Frankenstein while he's playing so he can cheat. And Frederick, like, because he's trying to play it off like he's not doing anything wrong, keeps throwing the darts out the window and hitting everything but the board, throwing it backwards. I think he throws it at a cat. The the funniest thing too is like when Kemp leaves and yeah. he gets in the car, all the darts are uh, in the car, all the, all the, and all tires. the tires are flat. <laughs> uh, Frau Blucher sets the monster free, and the monster starts going mad. But Frau Blucher plays the violin to calm them down. So the and I like when they're gets, they're questioning like why she let the monster go. She's got the violin. And they ask your question. She's like, yes. And it goes like, Reet! on the violin. <laughs> and they ask another one. Yes. <laughs> he was my boyfriend. The monster gets shocked by some of the equipment and he runs off. Uh, the next day, 
the monster sees a little girl. We know where this is going, right? Mm-hmm. And they're throwing throwing petals into the well, and they run out of uh, petals. She goes, "What else could we throw into the well?" And uh, then it cuts back to her parents, and her parents are like, "I thought you were going to put her to bed. I thought you were going to put her to bed." They don't know where she is, right? Cuts back to the monster and her at a teeter totter, and she's like, "Get on!" And he's like, "No." And then she's like, get on. Finally, he sits on and she goes flying like a catapult off, off the teeter totter into her bedroom and knocks out into her own bed and right when the parents open the door. So, you know, she was here. It's kind of a funny guy. Yeah. We also meet the blind man played by Gene Hackman. This is like from uh, Bride of Bride Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. He prays for a visitor. This is the saddest part about the first uh, about the original Bride of Frankenstein. But it's, it's funny here. He, he prays for a visitor. Well, he's listening to music and all of a sudden the monster comes and knocks down his door and the blind man's like, oh, my prayers have been answered here. Come, let me come on in. You, let me serve you some soup, some nice hot soup. Uh, and he proceeds to miss the bowl every time and pour it right on the monster's dick. Right, right in his fucking balls. <laughs> and then um, he pours him some wine, like, like let's have a toast. And then they toast and like, but the blind man smashes his glass and breaks the monster's the glass. And he's like, what the fuck? I was going to say, then he lights his cigar, but he lights his thumb on fire. And I like when he produces the cigars and he goes in for the next thing. He pulls him out and he goes, cigars. <laughs> when he says it is hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, he sets the monster's thumb on fire. And then the so the monster like, and leaves, and then Gene Hackman's got another great line. He's like, wait, wait, I was going to make espresso. <laughs> oh, I love it. The monster roams the streets, and all of a sudden he hears violin music. It's actually Frederick, Inga, and Igor, and they trap him. They sedate him and uh, put him in a cell. Then Frederick's like, all right, look, I'm going to go into the cell no matter what I say. Do not open this okay. door. Do you understand me? And no matter how much like, I scream or plead with you, like you will undo you. everything that I've done. Yeah. So he goes in there and like, as soon as he goes in there and he says something and the monster growls at him, he goes, let me out of here. Let give me, me out give of me here. Get me the hell out of here. Open this <laughs> like, goddamn what's door. What's you people? Get me the hell out of here. <laughs> like, open this goddamn door. I'll kick your rotten heads in. <laughs> uh. Ultimately, he goes to uh, the monster and he says, uh, I love you. Hey, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking to you. And he consoles the monster and he hugs him and he treats him like it's his son. And he sat, pronounces that his name is Frankenstein. So he's embraced now his inner Frankenstein. He's no longer Frankenstein. No. Uh, Frederick is going to present the monster to a bunch of other scientists. Yeah, a very and, fancy kind of gala. Yep. Yeah. And they perform <laughs> in more ways than one. They perform uh, putting on the Ritz. Yeah. Yeah. First, it was like a demonstration of basic motor functions and commands. And then, yeah, a little dance number. <laughs> if you're blue and you don't oh. know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that scene. And then the little tap dancing between both yeah. uh, Gene, uh, Gene Wilder and Peter Boyle is just hilarious. Yeah. While they're dancing, or yeah, there's stage lights that blow up or something like that. So the monster like reacts, and and Gene Wilder's like, "Hey, everybody, calm down, calm down. Don't worry about it." He's like, "Keep on dancing. Don't you embarrass he's me." Like, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> and they no, start throwing like, like cabbage and lettuce. Like the audience gets all. I love that in old movies. Like people have fruit and stuff, and just start throwing. Yeah, that it's shit. like did they just bring it? Yeah, or did they sell it there at the, at the venues? So they start hurling it. That just pisses the monster off more. 
The crowd riots, the monster splits, but he's caught by the police right away and he's chained chained up in a dungeon. Yep. Uh, Frederick is stressed out, so Inga <laughs> is like, if there was only something I could give you yeah, that yeah. would take away your stress. <laughs> they bang. They, they sleep <laughs> together. But Frau Blucher <laughs> informs Frederick that Elizabeth will be arriving very shortly. He's like, oh shit. And Elizabeth shows up right then. When Elizabeth shows up, <laughs> Marty Feldman is there and Inga is there. And uh, and Gene Wilder turns to Marty Feldman and he says, uh, help, Igor, help me with the bags. And he goes, I'll take the blonde. You take the one in the turban. Or you take the blonde. I'll take the one in the turban. <laughs> and then he like bites at her mink stole. And he's like. <laughs> Dude, that might, that might, be, might be my favorite gag in the entire movie. That cracks me up every time. And I've seen this movie every so time. many times. Every time I laugh out loud. You take the blonde. I'll take the one in the turban. <laughs> Policeman torments the monster with matches. Yeah, he's fucking with him. And the monster kills him. Yeah, and quickly and, escapes. And then and then he just breaks free. Yep. He's out of there. Angry mob uh, forms. So they're, they're on the hunt. Yeah. Elizabeth won't sleep with Frederick. <laughs> she won't even let him use his tongue while, she's, while they're kissing. <laughs> And she just sits at her, uh, she, they go to different rooms and she sits there brushing her hair, singing glory, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> the monster comes in and kidnaps her. She screams and passes out. The townspeople are hunting after him. Elizabeth wakes up and she now kind of has her hair is like. Brother Frankenstein's got the streaks. Yeah. Yeah. The monster whips out his big old <laughs> monster nap. <laughs> we'll see and that she sees it. She sees it and she's like, oh boy. Oh boy. And they fuck. Yeah. And she sings like while they're banging. She's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. At last, true love uh, has a route of Palme or something like that. Dr. Frankenstein lures the monster back one more time. By the way, they fuck like seven times. That's right. Yeah. And then Elizabeth ends up falling in love with the monster. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. And then uh, Frank, the monster hears violin music again and like walks away. And she's like, oh, you men are all the same. Seven or eight like quick ones and you're out of here. <laughs> yeah. So Frederick comes up with this idea that he can turn the monster from a monster to a human, like rational person. Yeah. If he does kind of some transfer transference. Yeah. Some of his own brain material into the monster. So he uh, lures the monster back. They strap both of them down. They hook them up, and it has to be within a certain time period, like fifteen minutes, no like, more, yeah, exactly no fifteen less. minutes. And so they're timing it, timing it, timing it. And uh, the townspeople show up at the Frankenstein castle, and they go to take Frederick away right before the time is up. Yeah, like five, four or five seconds before they could finish it. But the monster breaks out, and he gives a whole little soliloquy, very. Well spoken. Yep, very articulate. He talks, yeah, he talks about uh, how Frederick was the only one who really cared for him, and all those people see him for his outside, but he's blah 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 blah. And then the townsfolks are like, "Yeah, you're not so bad, monster. Let's all go party." And so they all leave. Yeah, I think uh, Kemp's like, "Come back to my house or something for a little sponge cake and some dancing <laughs> or something." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they all leave. Uh, Frederick and Inga get married to each other. And the monster and Elizabeth are now married and uh, living together. And they're like very like married couple. Like he's in bed reading like the Wall Street Journal or something. And she's getting ready for bed. And, and her hair like, is exactly like Bride of, Bride of Frankenstein. And I love she's like, honey. 
Uh, I put an extra laundry basket in the bathroom uh, for your shirts and poo-poo undies. <laughs> uh, and then she does a little dance, like while she's like walking in the bed, she's like, and she's like kicking her slippers off. Oh, hilarious! And then Inga says to Frederick, "She's like, well, if the monster got some of you, what did you get of the monster?" And uh, it's their wedding night, and she finds out that he got that big old big old duck, and he's like, <laughs> and then that's the end. Yeah, awesome. This is one of my favorite movies. Same. Uh, not even just horror films. This is just one of my favorite. Like, well, I mean, it's not a horror film; it's a comedy, right? Yeah. But it's the horror comedy genre, and it's probably the best horror comedy. It's one of the best definitely way up there yeah from the writing to the acting performances of the actors to the uh direction the set design the fact that to your point what you said earlier how they just had such reverence for what the original frankenstein movie was and just paid so much uh homage to that style of filmmaking yeah. i don't think i can give anything lower than a five I think I have to go five. Yeah, you know, and I agree. Um, I was kind of tempted to go four and a half, but I was like, I really can't. The only thing I can really even fault the movie for is just some of the jokes don't land, but there's so many jokes and there's so yeah. many jokes and gags that do land. And it's like a gag every 30 seconds. Uh, it's just, it's a really funny movie. Uh, the set pieces, the the direction, the colors, like, I mean, it's black and white, but I mean, the use of black and white. Uh, just overall, just a, a really great movie. Uh, one of my absolute favorites as well. So I'm going to give it a five also. You know, and the other thing too is here we are now 48 years later. Yeah. And it's still funny. And it's still funny. Yep. It's like, yeah, maybe some of the jokes don't land for us now. Maybe they did in 1974. Maybe they didn't. But it's one of those things where you watch it and you watch it again and you're like, oh shit, yeah. Well, oh yeah. And something else too, like going back to like the rever- uh, the reverence for old movies, like even the, some of the ways they speak uh, using like weird a- affectations in their voices, like just like they did in the old movies, like they say Beck a lot, like put the candle back. Like in those old yeah. movies, like people always say like, like Beck. Just like, uh, what's his name? Clive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Colin Clive. Colin Clive. Yeah. Yeah. And Claude Rains get and all Bic, those people. Get yeah. Beck. Stand Beck. <laughs> yeah. Claude Rains. Yeah. I think. Well, you know, Mel Brooks made a lot of other movies, and uh, about 20 years later, he decided to kind of, I don't know, go back to the well is the appropriate term, but uh, he, with the success of Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1992, uh, and then obviously the other Dracula stories, but I think Bram Stoker's Dracula, probably the one that Francis Ford Coppola did, yeah, led them to um, do another spoof, if you will, called Dracula, Dead and Loving It. I don't know why. I don't know why that's the title. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. It's kind of weird. This movie was released December twenty second, nineteen ninety five. So, listen, Young Frankenstein was released in December. It's a Christmas movie. This movie was released in December. It's a Christmas movie. Um, nineteen ninety five. What was the number one movie? I remember on Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety five, going to the theater to see Jumanji. So I'm gonna go with that. Uh, yeah. That's not correct. Though. Damn it. Okay. Waiting to exhale. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe Jumanji opened on Christmas Eve. Do you remember that song from Waiting to Exhale? Shoo-me, shoo-me, doo-doo. No. Nope. Yeah. 
But that leads to my next question. What was the number one song? <laughs> I don't know. And it wasn't, it wasn't that a, one. I, I went, uh, I'm going with I Can Love You Like That by All For One. I can love you like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't that also get covered as a country song? I think so. Or maybe it was a country song first. I don't know. Maybe. You're right, though. Yeah, there was a country version. Uh, the number one song, December 22nd, 1995, was One Sweet Day by Mariah oh, Carey. Oh, Mariah Carey. Boys yeah. to Men. Yeah. I know you're shining down on me from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and I know eventually we'll be together. I don't know that song. One sweet day. No. I don't know what I was doing. December 22nd, 1995. Oh, I just dropped out of I just dropped out of uh, college. No. <laughs> I was home. I was home telling my parents that I'm not going back <laughs> after after this. December 95. I was a freshman in high school. Let's find my Christmas break. Watching yeah. Jumanji. <laughs> Excited for what toys you were gonna get? Yeah, yeah. Under the Christmas like I'm a freshman, waiting for Santa Claus to come. Put on, <laughs> put on my jam jams. Uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It was written by Mel Brooks, Rudy DeLuca, and Steve Haberman. Directed by Mel Brooks. Music by Hummy Man. Hummy Man. Hummy Man. Uh, the movie stars Leslie Nielsen. As Count Dracula, dead. By the way, I wasn't. I didn't play that game with this one. But <laughs> Mel Brooks as Professor Van Helsing, Peter McNichol as Renfield, Stephen Weber as Jonathan, Amy Yazbek as Mina Seward, Harvey Corman as Doctor Seward, and uh, Anne Bancroft. We'll throw Anne Bancroft in there. She plays a gypsy woman. Yep, I wrote her game. down. <laughs> Yeah, actually, Anne Bancroft has passed away. Harvey Corman has passed away. Leslie Amy Yazbek is still alive, but her husband's her husband, gone. John Ritter is gone. Um, and Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Wow. Aww. Budget for this movie was $30 million. Oh, what do you God. think it did at the box office? Nowhere near that. Uh, this movie was bomb. Uh, <laughs> seven. 10.7. Okay. A little better. So you were on the right track, though. <laughs> All right. We both knew that this movie was a bomb. That's why neither one of us saw it. Yeah. Like, why didn't we see it? I don't know. Like, I like Mel Brooks just fine. I like Mel Brooks movies. Yeah, and I but liked him seemed, around when this movie came out too. Yeah. It seems like I saw the previews for this movie and I was like, no, that's okay. I think I felt the same way. I was like, <laughs> it is weird because like, I like Mel Brooks. I like horror movies. And I saw it and I went, no, not for me. Yeah. I'm good. We'll see if we were right back then. Maybe, maybe we were wrong. Mm, maybe yep. we shouldn't have waited this long to Bruh. see this movie because it's it, it's now been 27 years 26 years but the movie opens up with a book flipping through like old gothic images you know like dracula type images dracula shit it says transylvania 1893 renfeld is riding in a carriage there's there's some gags in this movie too uh we'll point out ones that maybe we thought were funny if we come across them um <laughs> But I, I, I will tell you this. I wrote down how many times I laughed. Okay. Oh, okay. I did not do that. <laughs> Give a little Renfield, tally. Yeah. Renfield is riding in a carriage. The driver speeds up to get to town before sundown. The yeah. townspeople warn Renfield not to go out at night, but uh, he has an appointment with Count Dracula. Did you laugh? I'm going to ask you to nope. laugh. No. And Bancroft, uh, Warning him and nope. doing like, like shaking her chin. Nope. Nope. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> the gypsy woman, as what David said, Anne Bancroft, sells him a cross. 
to protect him and tells him not to go, but he's going to go anyway. And then she does that little fucking gag. Renfield gets to Dracula's castle. And this is where we first see Leslie Nielsen as Count Dracula. And he looks like, uh, like Gary Oldman. He's got the big, Gary the big poofy hair. And he says, children of the night. I'm not going uh, children of the night. What a mess they make. And he's talking about fucking guano. Yeah. yeah. Bat shit. Then uh, Dracula slips on the bat shit and he falls down the stairs. Yeah. No laughter. No laughter. What about when he then Dra- takes his he- his wig off? Yeah. No. Nope. Because it's a hat. Yeah, yeah. It's just a hat that he's wearing that has the Gary Oldman hair. Nope. 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 I'll, I'm still laugh-free. I'll tell you when I laugh. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, Dracula's buying a house. This is the story of Dracula, guys. Like, this isn't, like, anything new. We're yeah, not, it's there's dra- no new spin no, on it. No, it's a story just with some, some gags. Yep. Uh, Dracula's buying a house. Brian with some property. Renfield is sent to have him sign the paperwork. Um, Renfield gets a paper cut that squirts everywhere. Like he bleeds, like he's like slid yeah, his wrist. Yeah. Uh, while Renfield sleeps, two hot vampire chicks come in to his bed and they start seducing him. But Jack, Dracula interrupts them and um, hypnotizes Renfield and makes him a slave. Uh, they charter a ship to England. Dracula's coffin becomes dislodged. Yeah, it's sliding moves. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nothing. No laughs yet. Uh, no. <laughs> Dracula kills everyone on the boat except for Renfield. Yep. Then he arrives at Carfax yep. Abbey and he meets Harker, Mina, Lucy. Dr. Seward. Dracula approaches Dr. Seward, who runs the sanitarium where Renfield is being kept. Because they found Renfield alive, but they said he was a madman. Yeah. And so he's at a sanitarium. He ends up turning into a bat and hits a window, but he's got the face of Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> yeah, and the body of a bat. In the body of a bat. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but he does bite the neck of Lucy. When he's sucking her blood, it makes like straw noises. Like. Yeah. Yep. Renfield uh, is at the sanitarium. And this is where I chuckled. Okay. As, Renf- as I was reading my notes, I was like, he had to have laughed at this. Renfield is sitting in his <laughs> uh, cell. And from underneath the door, a flap opens up. And it says, hey, Renfield. Aren't you sick of this place? Don't you want to get out of here? I can't take this anymore. I'm going to lose my mind. And then it cuts to the outside where the guy's talking from. And it's one of the guards. And the other <laughs> guard goes, hey, get back to work. <laughs> I chuckled. Yeah. Renfield meets with Dr. Seward. And he starts eating bugs. Did this make you chuckle? Because he's like, keeps sneaking bugs. And the guy's like, did you just put a bug in your mouth? He's like, no. And then like another bug would scurry by. And he that annoyed, it. this annoyed me because it just kept going. No, you didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. No, yes, you did. No, you didn't. Not even when he and had I the little, just, little uh, grasshopper legs sticking out of his mouth twitching. Not, he's like, I can see it. The poor, he's like, the poor thing's struggling for its life. It just wants out. And he's no, like, I don't know no, what you're talking no. about. No, no laughter. Uh, Mina, no. <laughs> Mina, Mina, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the second time I laughed. It's coming up in a little bit. Mina discovers Lucy. She is pale and has bite marks yeah, on her neck. she's sick. So Dr. Seward looks at her and says that he needs to contact Professor Van Helsing. Professor Van Helsing is doing an autopsy. Yeah, with some students. All of them pass out. Yep. <laughs> and he's doing it on purpose, trying to get him to, to faint. Yeah. I didn't laugh at that either. Yeah, nah. <laughs> nah, that fell flat. Dracula wakes up during the day. With the young blood from Lucy, he can walk around. Or so um, he thinks. But then he starts burning up. <laughs> He's like, oh shit. But it was just a dream. Yeah. And he calls it a he calls it a daymare. <laughs> ah. 
Very clever. Van Helsing inspects Lucy and tells Seward that Lucy was bitten by a vampire, to which everybody's like, you're nuts. But Jonathan, Seward, and Van Helsing hang garlic in Lucy's room to repel the vampire. Yeah, and Dr. Seward... This is, this, is my second, this is my second laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Seward asks if an enema will help because Dr. Seward is like... He's obsessed. Obsessed with giving people enemas. Yeah, he talks about enemas a lot in this movie. I think this is like maybe the first mention of enema. Yeah. But there's going to be many more. Yeah. But that was my... That was my second laugh. And that was the only other laugh. That was the last one. Oh, no more laughs. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Two, right? Uh, Is it two or three? That's that's two. two. Okay. Dracula comes in and leaves because of the garlic. So he goes to get Renfield out of the sanitarium. Uh, Renfield breaks into Lucy's room and removes the garlic. Lucy wakes up and screams. Jonathan and Seward come in and Seward takes him to go get another enema. <laughs> or I'm laughing at that. Yeah. Because, but I didn't laugh at he it. Does. He does. He orders an enema. And like, I think he kind of looks at him like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And Dracula summons Lucy. Uh, he finishes yep. her off. He kills her. Yep. Uh, Mina sees Lucy bitten out in the garden. Van Helsing declares her dead. Van Helsing says they need to drive a wooden stake through her heart. But Seward refuses. Uh, Dracula comes over and meets with Van Helsing and they don't get along. They have yeah, to have, they have each one has to have the last word. Yeah. They go back and forth. It's, I think they're like arguing in a different language or something, but yeah. 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 It's gibberish at Lucy's grave, the grave digger or caretaker or whatever of her grave. Uh, here's Lucy call for help from inside her coffin. He opens it up and she kills him again. If you've seen, yeah, it's, again, Dra- it's Dracula. Bram Dracula you, you know what's happening here. Uh, Jonathan goes to Lucy's grave to stand watch. Yeah. She tries to seduce him and he's not, he's not having it. Yep. Van Helsing comes and scares her away with a cross. Van Helsing says they need to drive a stake through her chest, through her heart. So Jonathan does and blood goes fucking everywhere. everywhere. And she's still alive. So he has to do it again. And blood goes everywhere. And then Van Helsing gives him a hanky to clean himself up. Like, Oh, here, here you go. Here's a handkerchief. Yeah. Dracula comes to Mina. He's a fucking bumbling idiot, by the way. <laughs> he grabs the maid first, then Mina. There's there's a bit there's a bit here where he's like hypnotizing, but he accidentally he's hypnotizes hypnotizing the wrong person, like getting the two mixed up. He's really bad at hypnotizing people. He's like, hey, come yeah, here, he, and then the other one comes like, like, not no, you, no, not you. you, you sit down, you come here, and then they both sit down, and he's like, no, you stand up, and then they both stand up. Yeah. It's like, <sighs> but he finally grabs Mina and he takes her away to be his bride. They're not at Dracula's castle. They're at like this church, right? Or something. They're at some place. They're like a ball, right? Are you talking about when they do like they dance no, together no, 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 and no, stuff no, no. after that? No, I'm talking about when he first bites her neck. Uh, they, ju- they dance a tango together and he bites her. Yeah. yeah. But the next morning, Mina's back and she's a bit different. She has a scarf around her neck and she says that she feels uh, she feels different. Yeah, Mina she's wants she's to kind of f- horny. Yeah. Mina wants to fuck. <laughs> but Jonathan refuses. Seward catches them and kicks Jonathan out. Like she blames it on him. He's like, oh, he's uh, getting all over me. He's like, me? Who's hers? Yeah, like, and he says, and Seward says, uh, after being engaged to my daughter for only five years, he had the audacity to touch her. <laughs> Van Helsing comes in and discovers that Mina has been corrupted by a vampire. And in order to find out who the vampire is, they throw a ball. While Dracula is dancing with Mina, Van Helsing uncovers a large mirror. Dracula casts no shadow and the crowd is stunned. But Dracula thinks that they're like all in like, awe of his, yeah, dance, his dance moves. moves. Yeah. He's like, oh, wow. Let's kick things um, up a notch. Let me impress you guys. 
Yeah. So they did this whole dance number, but Dracula gets angry and he breaks the mirror, then jumps out of the window with Mina. Ben Helsing, Seward, and Jonathan release Renfield and follow him to Dracula because he knows where he's at. They break into the place right before he bites Mina. Dracula fights them. Van Helsing picks up a cross and then tells Jonathan to drive the stake through his heart. Dracula gets the upper hand, but the sun starts to rise and Van Helsing breaks the boards off the window. Dracula turns into a bat with Leslie Nielsen's fucking head. <laughs> he tries to fly away. But then Renfeld, Renfield opens up a hatch. And it's, exposes it's day, but the it's sun. daytime. Whoops. Yep. Exposes the sun and uh, Dracula dies. And I like it as he's like falling to the ground. Uh, Leslie Nielsen calls him an asshole. <laughs> like as he's burning. And then uh, I did think that this was kind of funny. Renfield, like he gets like, he like dusts, basically gets like a dustpan and kind of gathers all of his ashes. And then he's like, oh, I'm so sad. And he like draws a little smiley face in his ashes. He's like, oh, there you are, master. <laughs> You're looking like your old self. Yeah, yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan and Mina take off and Renfield is heartbroken, but, uh, he starts calling Seward yeah. master. And then Van Helsing opens up the casket and has one last word uh, and then yep. shuts it. Yeah. Yep. The end. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. God. We kind of ripped, th- we kind of ripped through that one. We needed to, um, <laughs> man, I love Mel Brooks. I mean, young Frankenstein, like we just said, one of my favorite comedies ever blazing saddles brilliant Spaceballs, very funny you know even like robin hood men in tights not as good but but not without its charm uh I this is like a, that one see it's all right but this is a big fall and i was thinking about this movie last night and i feel like one thing they could have done that would have immediately taken this up like at least a half ahead was i wish they had shot this in black and white like i wish they had done it like they had done young frankenstein and do it in an old school style instead it's all in color the sets are cheap um, it looks mm-hmm. low budget. They mm-hmm. could have used that to their advantage, I think, had they gone black and white. But going color, it just looks bad. With Young Frankenstein, most of the jokes land, a few don't. This is the exact opposite. Almost all of the jokes fall flat. And the ones that do land aren't really that funny. They're more like chuckle kind of funny. Uh, which is a real bummer because I was really hoping... I, I had a feeling I wasn't going to like it, but I was really hoping that I would. Uh, and I was hoping this would be one of those movies. It's like years later. It's like, oh, you know, it's actually not a bad movie. Dracula did and loving it, but that's not true. This is a bad movie. <laughs> I'm between a one and a one and a half. I'm going to give it a one and a half. And I think that's probably a little generous, but this is a bad movie. That is very generous, David. <laughs> um, this, this movie's awful. There really isn't a lot that I can say that you didn't just say. Um, I'm looking at Mel Brooks's filmography and I'm just seeing like, good movie good movie good movie good movie and then it's like there's just the 90s came yeah and life stinks robin hood men in tights dracula dead and loving it and dracula dead and loving it was his last movie that he directed yeah Yeah. um he produced the producers right the producers and obviously wrote it but um that was just the 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 musical version yeah yeah of the 1967 movie that he did so i mean his career has been going on forever but when the 90s came, and, and I think to your point, he would have been better served to treat Dracula with the same reverence he mm-hmm. treated Frankenstein. And if they would have come at it like Young Frankenstein, where it's like, okay, we got a twist on it, though, right? 
this is Frankenstein's grandson, or this is Dracula, but he's now in the 1990s, or not even maybe in the 1990s, yeah. maybe it's still back in the 1930s. I don't know. Like, this is but just straight spoof. Yeah. That's the thing about Robin Hood Men in Tights, too, because that was a spoof as well. Mm-hmm. You well, know, Robin Hood- Spaceballs, too, same thing. Spaceballs is very spoofy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But Robin Hood Men in Tights, I walked out of the theater on that one. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's how much I hated that. I think I've only seen that movie once, maybe twice, and right around when it came out. It's been a long time. Mel Brooks doesn't do spoofs well. That's the thing. Is like if you look at Young Frankenstein, it's not a spoof. Yeah, it's, Blazing a, it's an Saddles, original story. Blazing, Blazing Saddles, Saddles isn't a spoof. It's like a send up. A yeah. Yeah. And even and so, Spaceballs, I mean, it's kind of poking fun at Star Wars, but there's also Star Trek, Planet of the Apes. You got a bunch of sci-fi stuff in there. He did better with that one, um, but the Robin Hood and the Dracula thing, I just don't think it was spoof-worthy. Yeah. Like, leave leave that to the other people. And there's a time and place for spoof Listen, Scary Movie, Scary Movie 2, those are spoofs. I really like those two movies. I mm-hmm. think they're really funny. Yeah, they're funny. Uh, scary Movie 2 actually cracks me up every <laughs> time I fucking watch it. Airplane is a spoof. Yeah. That movie cracks That's me up. That's hilarious. I just... Yeah, it has to be the right script and the mm-hmm. right, the right people putting together the right gags. And I just don't think any of them landed. Like I said, I chuckled twice, and it was the enema gag, and that was primarily because of Harvey Corman probably saying it, <laughs> um, and uh, and the and the other gag about the guard wanting to get the fuck out of the prison. But um, those were the only things. You know, I I'm giving it a half a head. Okay, well, it's still bad. So, I mean, that's a one overall. So. That's yeah, a, that's a turd sandwich. I mean, these movies basically show over the twenty years the the two sides of the yeah of the spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the full Mel Brooks who did the best and the worst. Yep, yep. I agree with that. I think it probably. I don't know if it's the worst. I haven't seen all of his films, but I mean, it's the worst one I've ever seen. Well, Robin Hood Men in Tights, I did walk out of. But it's pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it might have its charm, but I don't know. I, I don't know. It's somewhere along the line. I think he just like was like, oh, I guess I'm just a cornball spoofy director guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is Maybe. beneath his skill set. Yeah. I think you're right. Well, if you have any thoughts on a young Frankenstein or Dracula or uh, Mel Brooks in general, uh, and you'd like to reach out to us, uh, why don't you go ahead and contact us? How can they contact us, David? Yeah, on Twitter, Facebook, the Slash Rap, TikTok, search The Swearwolves. On Instagram, search The Swearwolves Podcast. And we have The Swearwolves YouTube channel. Just search The Swearwolves. I can go to our website, theswearwolves.com. You can email us at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 623-282-1851. All right, so for The Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm going to go get an enema. Mm.